Teach Them Diligently, Episode 3. Hey guys, Michael Rice here with Teach Them Diligently. So glad you're listening to the podcast. I appreciate the great comments you're making on Facebook and, and the reviews you're giving us uh, on iTunes. I really appreciate uh, the participation everyone has in the podcast and the discussions that we're having online. Uh, I really also appreciate all the encouragement you're giving me. Uh, in this episode, I just sat down with Jonathan Bragwell. Uh, he and I talked about what skills are needed in a Bible class teacher. We talked about how that congregations need Bible class teachers. We've talked about how as congregations and as God's people, we have to have the proper approach as we're looking at Bible classes and how we teach them. But what skills are needed in a Bible class teacher? So in this episode, uh, we're going to hear an interview that I had with him about the essential skills needed for Bible class teachers. I hope you enjoy all right, folks, we're here with uh, Jonathan Bragwell. Uh, I've asked him to come in and speak to us on a topic about uh, what makes a great Bible class teacher. Uh, so, Jonathan, tell us a little bit about um, uh, you as a Bible class teacher. Well, I've been teaching Bible class for, I would say, 25-plus years, about the time I graduated high school. And uh, and I've, I've taught all age groups from age 2 to age, I would suppose, 92. Okay. Uh, all age range, different circumstances at camps, and of course in the local congregation where I am, and preach in various places, and do. sometimes I'm invited to do the Bible class period yeah. with the adult class and that type of thing. Okay. And, and kind of, uh, we, we talked about this a little bit, but uh, you know, your day job uh, on a regular basis, you're, you're seven or six thirty to five. What, what's your job on a regular basis? I, I teach uh, fifth grade social studies and I have a sixth grade class of social studies this year as well. I've been, uh, finishing this year, my 22nd year in public, ed- public school education. So, wow. okay. Okay. So, and, um, when you think about that and when you think about, um, applying, you know, secular education, Bible class teaching, kind of what kind of overlaps do you see there? I mean, you see a lot of connections. Well, you just said an important word, connections, mm-hmm. helping students make connections to what they already know and then making the next step to, oh, what's this like? Well, it's like this, it's something they're already familiar with and making those connections and so I do that, you know, every day in, in my classroom with experiences that fifth grade students have, mm-hmm. then making a connection to the curriculum that I'm trying to teach them. Same thing in our Bible classes, you know, taking the experiences that whatever age group or whatever class I'm teaching, take that, the information that I think that they already know and make it a new connection to whatever we're, we're talking about the moment. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So, so when we're thinking about this topic of a, a good Bible class teacher, so, um, so I ask a question, you know, what are some essential skills or what are the essential things needed in a Bible class teacher? So if you could kind of narrow that down into three or four things, what would, what would they be? Well, one would be, I think, uh, uh one of the essential things would be a, 
overall knowledge of the of the Bible story mm-hmm. of you know the how the Old Testament and New Testament connect whatever lesson that you're teaching where does it fit in the you know the time periods of the entire Bible story with Jesus Christ being the central figure of the Bible and and how the the Old Testament kind of leads up to Jesus and how it all fits together so first of all a knowledge of just understanding that um, also a willingness to go straight to the Word of God that's a good point and because there's a lot of good uh, Bible class material out there but it's very essential to go to the source mm-hmm. and the way I, I think about it like in public education we're responsible for teaching the in the state of Alabama the the state course of study. Right. Now, we might have a textbook that will help us to teach that, or we might have other materials that will help us to aid us to teach that, but what are we responsible for? We're responsible for teaching the Alabama course of study in whatever subject area. Bible class, Mm -hmm. same thing. We're responsible for teaching the Bible. The standard. Yeah, the standard. That's what we teach. Now, we may have other materials where we pull some questions, so maybe we write it ourselves. Somebody else may write the material, but we don't teach man-made material we teach the bible right of course you can use you know material that somebody made that you know refers back to the bible and kind of use that as a stepping stone yeah. but first of all go back to the source we know what does the scripture say mm-hmm. and 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 teach them that and if, and depending on which age level you're teaching you might have to adjust that yeah. to not adjusting the Word of God. The Word of God is the Word of God, right. but adjusting how you teach it and how you uh, help the students to make those connections. And, you know, I, I was uh, going to mention that about a good Bible class teacher has to have wisdom. You have to yes. know, you have to be able to gauge your students and see, you know, when you hit the door for the first time, okay, I've got a, a, a good group of 10 kids, and, you know, they're all above and beyond at a great level. I need to push them a little further. Or here's this group that I'm getting, and maybe they don't have the Bible knowledge that they need. And so kind of speak to that a little bit about using wisdom to balance balance that as you, as you work with students. Well, one term, and I don't know if it's an official word that a, a good Bible class teacher or any type of teacher uh, needs to have. And I've always heard it back when, when I was going through my college days and in my methods classes and teaching. A, a, t- a good teacher is going to have what we call withitness. Yeah, yeah. They understand what's going on. They can have a sense of are the students engaged in what we're talking about? Are they understanding? Are they getting it? Or am I oblivious? If I'm not a good Bible class teacher, if I'm oblivious to whether they're getting it or not, whether they're understanding or not. I may be up there lecturing and talking and talking and you're, talking. You're covering the content. And I'm covering it, but they don't have a clue right. what I'm talking about. Right. And, and so that's and not that very happens. effective. Yeah. So uh, withitness would be uh, an important quality for a good Bible class teacher. And adjusting um, you know, the way you're teaching, you may have to go into a, a different You know, sometimes you kind of get off course because of the questions that students have. And I'd much rather go a little bit off topic. You know, I might be studying, you know, 1 Corinthians, and then they ask a question that is Bible-related, and then we might go off on a little bit of a tangent. But if they're engaged and I'm, you know, I've got them. Yeah. and, And their attention is right there. You know, sometimes you have to use some wisdom of, okay, 
how much, how far am I going to go off of First Corinthians or James or Romans or whatever we're studying and, and, and answer their questions? Mm-hmm. Because sometimes you can do it rather quickly. Say, okay, th- th- that's this. And so let's come back to the, you know, you might have to have a little wisdom there, but, you know, it's important to have that connection. That, mm-hmm. There's that word again, connection yeah. with yeah. the students, with itness, and as you use the word wisdom to how to approach that. Yeah, and I think, too, it goes back to what you said at the very beginning. We have to have a, a knowledge of how, you know, if I'm, if I'm teaching Romans, it's not just, okay, I'm an expert on Romans, or at least I know a lot about Romans, but I need to know how Romans fits into the overall story. Because if I am going to kind of go where the students lead me, I have to have knowledge of the, of the whole of the Bible to understand that, that how it fits into the scheme of redemption, how it fits into God's whole overall message. That's a good point. That's a good point. I like that. Um, is there anything else that you just kind of point to? Is this, this is a skill needed for a Bible class teacher? Well, I'll say I mentioned... Uh, student engagement. Mm-hmm. I mentioned withness. I mentioned knowledge, and I, right off the top of my head, you know that kind of goes through through a lot of things. Right. Well, now, what would you think about, um, you know, something someone told me once is, you know, we have to have faithfulness above and beyond, so to speak, with our Bible class teachers. Uh, I think sometimes, um, I'm not saying all congregations, but I think. I've heard some people say, make statements, well, you know, we know that if we pick this person to be our Bible class teacher, they'll be there. Um, or uh, we need to make sure uh, that uh, to get this person here on time, we'll make sure they're the Bible class teacher for the quarter. That's not really effective because you're trying to pick someone who's not faithful to be your Bible class teacher. That doesn't seem to work. Right. Um, but, um, you know, being in front of a group of students does not make you an effective Bible class teacher. Just being a body present. You have to be uh, engaging and you have to know your content like you mentioned. Um, okay, so what about um, the idea of uh, reverence for the Scriptures? So as a, as a Bible class teacher, what does that look like? Talking about reverence for God and reverence for the Scripture. Well, when an important thing to that every Bible class teacher needs to be in the forefront of their mind, I'm going to read here from James chapter three, okay, verse one. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, that we shall receive a stricter judgment. And then he goes, uh, James goes on from there. But James is not saying we don't want a lot of teachers, right? I heard your first podcast where mm-hmm. you talked about we need more Bible class teachers. The point is, it's a it's a sobering responsibility. It's a big responsibility when you get in front of anybody, even if it's one on one or if you're teaching a group of teaching what the scriptures say, and that is a tremendous responsibility. We need to. We don't need to let that discourage us from from doing that, but we need to understand the grave responsibility of teaching God's Word. And so James 3.1 does remind us of that and how, you know, we are accountable for what we teach. Mm -hmm. Now, that that doesn't mean that we can't, you know, repent if we're teaching something wrong or if we can change, you know, but we need to be very careful 
about what what we what we say and how we say it and uh, and make um, uh, corrections if 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 corrections yeah. are need, need to be done because I I've had to make corrections before I misspoke or if I, I said something or and then somebody in the class might say oh, that, that's not what that scripture says I, I apologize I misspoke right. <laughs> I, that's not what I so make those corrections but realize the tremendous responsibility. And the and the faithfulness, and you do want someone who is a faithful servant of God, who is faithful in their attendance, faithful in their life. You don't want someone who's hypocritical, right, um, and doesn't practice what they preach, so to speak. That's an old expression, but we want someone who who teaches it. Lo- is obvious they love the Word of God, and they love uh, the students, and they love they want have a love for trying to teach them the the word of God, the right thing. Right. And so you don't want someone who is wishy-washy. You don't want someone who is sporadic in their attendance. You want someone who you can count on. Yeah. Uh, so the, the elders or deacons or whoever is assigning Bible class teachers, uh, there's a lot of wisdom in selecting those teachers. You know, not everybody needs to teach. Right. Um, I believe everyone should have that desire yeah. to teach and then to work toward that and to become a faithful Christian first mm-hmm. and then be able to teach the Word of God. And as you know, the Paul, Paul talks about, you know, by, by a certain point, you should be able to teach, but you may have to work on that. You may get some, have to get some things right in your life yeah. first before you're able to teach in a, in a Bible class. I like what you said at the beginning there. You mentioned about that you have to have the proper respect for God and His Word and that you're going to handle it the right way. You know, mm-hmm. you're not just up spilling off the mouth. It's a prepared lesson, but you're conscious that you're presenting God's Word to a group of students, whether that's adults or small children, whatever it is, you're presenting to you're presenting God's Word. And, and that takes reverence to do that. And I think, like you mentioned, when you say, hey, Guys, I misspoke last week or, you know, in the last class I used this scripture and I think I might have used that out of context. When you do that, I think um, you present to students that, hey, this guy takes this seriously. And this person, they're not just flippant about this. They're not playing around. They know the the seriousness of what they're doing. I think that's a good point. So someone once told me, um, you know, the most important factor in the classroom, you know, when when I'm working with a teacher in my work, or talking with a teacher or colleague, um, I always tell people the teacher is the variable in the classroom. Of all the things going on, you know, you can have all these crazy things and you don't know what the child is going to bring to your classroom, what kind of background experiences they might have. and all. The teacher is the variable. So kind of speak to that for just a moment. I, absolutely, because the teacher, there's some classroom management skills mm-hmm. that can be learned. Um I've seen some masterful teachers of the way they handle, you know, maybe disruptions in the classroom and to not, the, the, the wise teacher is going to handle disruptions by not making it worse right. than it already is. Right. Because sometimes it, if we're not careful, it would be like throwing gasoline on a yeah. fire. You know, you're going to make the, the situation worse. They tend to de-escalate. Right. Yeah. And so they can... Uh, a good, a good, wise Bible class teacher is going to, like you said, uh, de-escalate a situation mm-hmm. and going to 
uh, handle a situation in a very fair, very calm manner. And because, you know, especially when you're dealing with little children, you know, sometimes you're going to have some discipline issues and you may have to, um, I know some of our teachers here will have their, uh, you know, they might text mama if, yeah. if, if the if child's getting out of hand and mom has to come get them, calm them down, mm-hmm. bring them back and, and that type of thing. And that's just a, you know, there's different things that different tools in the tool bag that, yeah. that good teachers are going to do to, you know, take care of a, of a situation. So, but, you know, remaining calm is number one, uh, being sure that under your, the students are under control, uh, and they learn how to mind. And that's why our little classes are a good thing mm-hmm. because children learn how to go to class. Yeah how to sing, how to, you know, treat materials, how to be away from mom, how to be away from mom, how to mind their teacher. Mm -hmm. And so the teacher says, do this, you do it. Right. And if there's, if you don't, there's, there's consequences. Also there, you know, you can be little reward systems with stickers and things like that to, Mm -hmm. to help them along to learn how to, to behave. So those, those little formative years, are, are important just learning how to go to class right and then as they're growing older they get a better sense and like what I often like to do because I've had what you know as we know let, let's say third fourth and fifth grade that okay. the upper elementary Wednesday nights are they're very rowdy. they come in yes. very rowdy yes Sunday mornings are different Sunday mornings are so sleepy they come in calm you kind of have to wake them up but Wednesday nights they're just Seem high as kite. Yeah. But oftentimes I like to start Bible class with a prayer. Right. And when they're there, especially that right, that rowdy, I will mention the prayer. I say, let's bow our heads. And me, the teacher, I will lead the prayer and I will mention them the prayer. And and as they're listening and, and we're praying to God, I ask the Lord to help us help us to remember why we're here mm-hmm. and who you know who we're honoring when we listen to God's word remember we're here for God's word and so there, there's a little bit of difference between a secular class where yes. we're you know we're learning history or math or you know science or whatever but there's a big difference when you're learning God's word that's right that's and right. the reverence of, of what we're studying and how important it is and I found that to be an effective method to kind of calm them down and to help them realize, you know, we got good kids. They know. And, and, you know, while we're here, and especially when they're about that age, third, fourth, and fifth grade, that they know more how to behave than they do when they're, they're younger. And then of course, as you go through junior high and high school, you know, it kind of has the same issues, but it's a lot of times the junior high and high school, it's hard to get them to talk. Yeah, you're trying and, to pull it out. And trying to pull it out. But sometimes you just have to be very direct and say, okay, I want you to read this scripture. Yeah. And when you get through, I want you to tell me what it means. Right. And so you kind of have to force their hand a little bit about, um, you know, making them participate. But uh, in my experience, they've, you know, when you ask students to do something, they'll typically will do, will do exactly what you ask them to do. And so, you know, it's, you know, it's quite rewarding to see students as they grow up and mm-hmm. as they, and especially when they become Christians and they, you see them wanting to grow and develop and the zeal that they have 
And when that, you know, the 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 light switch mm-hmm. of God's word starts burning in their heart and they're wanting to learn more and more and they're wanting to go to the studies and be with the other young people and you know, that's exciting. That's exciting. So. That's a good point. Well, look, I appreciate you being with me tonight. Uh, I know it's a busy schedule, but I appreciate you coming and uh, kind of taking part of the podcast. I appreciate your thoughts. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Michael. So again, guys, thanks for listening to Teach Them Diligently. Continue to listen and follow us on Facebook. Tune in to iTunes and and download those uh, podcasts if you're interested. Uh, Thanks again for all your feedback, and I appreciate Jonathan being on with me tonight. Thank you. I will seek you in the morning, and I will learn to walk in your ways, and step by step you'll lead me, and I will follow you.